Song Salad with Shannon and Scott. Welcome to Song Salad with Shannon and Scott. I'm Shannon. And I'm Scott. And together, we're writing you a song using a random genre of music and a random topic from Wikipedia. But. But. This week. It won't be from Wikipedia. It'll be a double dose of our salad bowl. Yes, that's right, loyal listeners. If you are a Patreon donor and you've given us suggestions for genres and topics in our salad bowl, we are going to be doing this episode using a genre and a topic from the salad bowl. Just to end our year of recording right. Yeah. Double portion of salad. It's all about you. Take a minute for yourself. Pat yourself on the back. Treat yourself. Self-care is important. And listen to a song that might include something you're making us use. (laughs) (laughs) We are still going to randomize our salad bowl, so we need to get a salad spinner sound effect to do that. Woot woot. (laughs) I've never say that. No. Our salad spinners (laughs) are sound effects for an impression or a weird noise or just a suggestion for something that we say that comes from you, our listeners. (laughs) this week's salad spinner comes from jd thank you jd slash chip (laughs) he says julia child ordering from mcdonald's see he's capitalizing on my pitch perfect julia child impression why don't you go first then all right perfect impression here we go we are going to get our genre this week by spinning the salad spinner right now here's my julia child Chicken. <laughs> Spin. Our genre this week comes from Biddy Henshaw. Thank you, Biddy. She suggests Americana. Ooh. Now, right off the bat, Shannon, what do you know about Americana music? Um, it really just makes me think of Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh yeah. Well, I guess in my head, I've kind of conflated it with bluegrass. Okay. Which is maybe not accurate. Maybe not. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I mean, that, that, that's, that's what first comes to my head is like bluegrass kind of sound. Sure. I think of it more as like just folk music, not necessarily connected with bluegrass, but with elements and roots in things like bluegrass and any other genre that is uniquely American. Okay. Uh, Hence the name Americana. So let's read a little bit more about it. Great. Americana is an amalgam of American music. And as I correctly thought, points for Scott. Oh, geez. It's formed by the confluence of the shared and varied traditions that make up the musical ethos of the United States. Isn't that wonderful and lofty? What a melting pot of a genre (laughs) this is. So that includes folk, country, blues, rhythm and blues, rock and roll, gospel, and other external influences, which kind of throws a wrench in things. Let's ignore that external influences (laughs) part. (laughs) Well, here's the thing. This is a huge range of musical types. True, but sharing the common ground of being rooted in the United States. So if you're talking about a genre that can include everything from like Ring Around the Rosie (laughs) to Elvis. True. Like, I guess Ring Around the Rosie was from England, right? 
Uh, yes, that, that's true. Because it's about the plague. But you know what I mean. Like, if, it, well, if it's everything yeah. from Yankee Doodle. There you go. To, there we go. <laughs> found it. If it's everything from Yankee Doodle to Elvis, how do we land? Do we just let our topic kind of guide us here? I think so. And I think we can listen to a couple example songs that will guide us in a more clear direction as well. So when Biddy originally suggested this topic, yeah. she gave us a couple artists that oh, she was thinking of helpful. when she was thinking of the genre. She listed Jillian Welch, Alison Krauss, and Nico Case. Interesting. Yeah. So all contemporary Americana artists, yes? Yeah, so the, those three women are all singer-songwriters. Uh, it seems like they all either play guitar or have guitar heavily featured in their songs. Yes. And guitar is very closely associated with American music, whether it's folk music or bluegrass or rock and roll. Guitar is kind of the instrument, right? I think so. I think so. Uh, especially acoustically, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think most Americana and folk bands... Um, would be categorized as acoustic bands first and foremost, but then you do have, especially once you get into country and rock and roll, the addition of electric instruments as well. The interesting thing about Nico Case is that she does have a, a fairly um, prolific solo career, but she was also in the New Pornographers. Cool. Which is an indie band. Yeah. So and no there's probably some overlap there between indie and Americana. Yeah, that's probably true. Um, if we're looking at uh, the Wikipedia article on Americana artists, has a huge list of Americana artists. And based on the, the incredibly broad definition, I mean, we, you have things like things. You have people. <laughs> <laughs> things like Bob Dylan. Yeah, you have, you have people like Bob Dylan and John Mellencamp on here. Sure. But then you also have really what I would call like a contemporary indie band like Lord Huron. Sure. Is on here. Right. Or even Nickel Creek, which is a uh, bluegrass and country band. Willie Nelson, Pete Seeger, The Decemberists, Brandy Carlisle. So quite a range. And it seems like the genre Americana uh, was coined in the late 80s and early 90s. So that's why a lot of these bands uh, are contemporary that we've listed. And then it was probably retroactively applied to artists like Bob Dylan, uh, since they were the uh, up-and-comers on the folk rock scene in the late 60s and early 70s, when that had a resurgence on the popular level. So I think in order to honor the original spirit of this suggestion, let's focus on individual artists versus like a band. Love that. And solo singer songwriters. Yes. Yeah, solo singer songwriters who may perform with other musicians, but you know, they are prominently featured themselves. Right. Exactly. And then someone who has an unplugged or acoustic sound. Love that. And then also someone, you know, maybe that has more of a, coming from a, a specifically American perspective or is writing and singing about, you know, problems and issues or like the kind of zeitgeist of the generation of America that they come from, if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Cool. One example song that sticks out in my head 
is Brandy Carlisle, who is nominated for a Grammy for multiple Grammys this year. I love her. And her Grammy nominated album, By the Way I Forgive You. A great album. With the song, Every Time I Hear That Song. Listen for acoustic guitar. Yes. Female vocals. Get ready, Shannon. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A little bit of a country folk kind of feeling. And a, a kind of um, vulnerability and first-person perspective that I think is common for a lot of Americana music. Right. It feels intimate. It feels one-on-one and, you know, lyrically and musically connected. Uh, also very colloquial. Like, th- there's nothing no like... heightened language. Yeah, and, no. yeah. There's nothing like highfalutin about any of these lyrics. Right. Let's listen. Love song was playing on the radio. It made me kind of sad because it made me think of you. I don't wonder how you're doing, but I wish I didn't care because I gave you all I had and got the worst of you. By the way, I forgive. Except for any time I hear that song Pretty song. I I super dig Brandy Carlile. Most lot. nominated female artist for this year's Grammys. Oh, is she? She is. Wow. In a age of Ariana Grande and Taylor Swift and she's she beat them all. <laughs> Congrats, Brandy. Kind of cool. Great. Well, we need to write an Americana song about a topic from the salad bowl. We do. So now you have to spin the salad spinner by impersonating Julia Child ordering at McDonald's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Give me a Big Mac with the special sauce. I just <laughs> love that special sauce. <laughs> Julia Child saying special sauce. It's definitely someone's kink. <laughs> right? Spin. Spin. <laughs> Our topic comes from Patreon donor Gary Youngling, the Wilhelm Scream. The Wilhelm Scream. Yes. So we kind of talked about this a few weeks ago because our salad spinner sound effect, which was from Chip, I think. I think so. Was... Wilhelm scream, but you're a cat, basically. Right. right? That sounds right. Yeah. So we sort of explained the Wilhelm scream, uh, but now it's a topic. It. Yeah, we can really <laughs> dig into this. So the Wilhelm scream is a sound effect. It's just a stock sound effect of a man screaming. <laughs> Apparently, it's been used in 389 films and countless television series, and probably more than that, because that was as of July 2018. And it originated in the film Distant Drums in 1951. Let's play it right now. Yeah, here it is. Ah! <laughs> oh, okay. It makes me happy. Oh, okay. I guess that's a... It sounds like it would really stick out, but I don't it think it does. It has to be purposeful. Yeah. 
why why did this stick i wonder if we can find that out in our research like why this scream yeah i think it's like the perfect sound for when a man gets shoved off a cliff right according to wikipedia the sound is often used when someone is shot falls from a great height or is thrown from an explosion (laughs) apparently it was most likely voiced by an actor and singer named sheb woolley and the sound itself is named after a character named private wilhelm from a 1953 western called the charge at feather river and the character gets shot in the thigh with an arrow and that scream is the result ah i see this is the first use of it from the warner brothers stock sound library although the charge at feather river is believed to have been the third film to use the effect okay apparently it's in star wars and indiana jones okay so i knew that it was in star wars and indiana jones because i've seen some kind of youtube compilation of the wilhelm scream you have yes like there are there are like little clips where you can see it all in context that's awesome let's share one of those on twitter okay so yeah sounds good uh fun fact the guy who most likely is the voice actor who recorded this sheb woolley is best known for his novelty song the purple people eater that's the same guy yeah can you believe it wow do you guys know that song purple people eater one-eyed, one-horn, flying purple people leader. Was a one-eyed, one-horn, flying purple people leader. Yeah. Those are the only lyrics I know. <laughs> and apparently, you can hear it in the video game Red Dead Redemption, which just became popular again with Red Dead Redemption 2. Maybe it's used there, too. Who knows? But again, a Western uh, theme here. And if you think about... Even Star Wars, it's sort of like a, a Wild West of space kind oh, of an yeah. adventure. Star Wars is a big space Western. Right. Yeah. So maybe we lean into the Western use of the Wilhelm scream and combine it with our Americana oh, genre. I see. That's where you're going. That's that's where my brain is at. Okay. I like that idea. Connecting the dots. Yeah. So I think we should do a little more research. Okay. On both the topic and genre. Mm-hmm. And then we'll meet back here and we'll figure out how we're combining these. Yeah. I'm going to listen to some more Americana music examples, figure out the exact instrumentation I want to use and the feel of the song I want to go for and figure out uh, how to write something that you can sing. Yeah. that That <laughs> is the key is that the number of things I can sing are limited. Yeah, but, well, no, I mean, it's just in the time that we have to record, teaching you the the vocals. Yeah, we don't have three years to teach (laughs) you the vocals. (laughs) But I do want you to sing it because as we've shown in our examples that we played and in the artists we talked about, and specifically the artists that Biddy recommended, there are a lot of prominent female artists in this genre, and I want to lean into that. Yeah, finally. Let's go with it. Okay. See you soon. An Americana song about the Wilhelm scream. Right. How close are we going to (laughs) get? Well, I think pretty close. Okay. Uh, My lyrics are inspired by the kind of sadder, slower, more ballady aspects of this solo singer-songwriter 
um, part of the genre. So is my music. That's good. Good. Glad we're on the same page. <laughs> and yeah, so I I looked up that compilation on YouTube of all the places where the Wilhelm scream yeah. is heard. And one of the things that struck me most was that it's used multiple times in the same movie right. often. Right. So it was used like a whole bunch of times in that initial movie where it was chasing the feather. Hold on. The the charge at Feather River in yeah. 1953. Same thing. It was used like four or five times in that same movie. Well. Yeah. And here is the original clip where you can hear someone say like, watch out, Wilhelm. And then you hear him <laughs> scream. So here's that from Charge at Feather River. Wilhelm. Yeah, I'll just fill my pipe. That's great. Yeah. Uh, and then it's in every single Star Wars movie. Yes. And basically every Indiana Jones movie. Also basically every Disney movie. Yeah. A lot of um, animated movies also use it. Yeah. It makes sense with cartoons. Right. Too. So I took inspiration from like all the different ways that you hear the Wilhelm scream. Okay. But that it becomes a kind of a universal connective thread <laughs> for everything. And it becomes, it's almost like the everyman scream, you know, it's like, it's the existential keening in all of us. You hear yourself represented in Wilhelm scream. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of uh, where I went with the lyrics. Okay. Uh, and I definitely tried to give them a more Western or folky sounding spin. So sure. you'll hear that a little bit in my word choice in my and in my like syntax of how i'm choosing okay. to order my words gotcha um and we can talk about that a little bit later too once i read the lyrics and then i i went with a really super conventional pop uh structure so just verse chorus verse chorus great let's hear the lyrics all right here we go <clears throat> whoa big throat clear <clears throat> wilhelm clear <laughs> ah <laughs> All right, here we go. The verse. Crying out into the sun-baked western day, falling down or getting shot is what it conveys. <laughs> Something so familiar could never sound peculiar, though once you've heard the call, you'll start to hear them all. <laughs> and then the chorus. It's a cry in the night when you're shot in the dark. It's the sound of mortal wounds. It's the... <laughs> <laughs> it's the, it's a shout in the scene of a cinematic dream Ooh. so scream wilhelm scream yeah scream wilhelm scream <laughs> uh the second verse uh the people's scream yeah riding out take an arrow to the thigh and fall drowning now with your leg in a gator's maw <laughs> oh god from the war and the stars to being pushed from the cars of a fast-moving train or when yelling in pain nice and then it's a cry in the night when you're shot in the dark it's the sound of a mortal wound etc etc cool so i wanted to mention just two spots in the lyrics where i referenced specifically instances uh, or three spots i guess where i referenced three three whole spots where i've referenced 
real instances of the Wilhelm scream. So the take an arrow to the thigh and fall is a reference to the very first instance of the Wilhelm scream in that the charge of feather hill, (laughs) the charge of feather boa. Uh, in that original movie we talked about uh, that we also I think in Indiana Jones, a guy gets his leg ripped off by an alligator. Yes. And that is the leg in the gator's maw line. And then there's a guy in another Indiana Jones movie who gets thrown out of the back of a truck. Ah. Uh, so it wasn't a train car, but more I'm things. I'm sure that's happened in one yeah. of these Wilhelm scream moments. Though. Definitely. More things rhyme with train than truck. <laughs> so. <laughs> So that was my decision there. I love it. Thanks. And uh, I also love that I'm going to be having you sing this song solo on the verses and then with harmony on the choruses. Oh, yeah. So in hearing you read the lyrics of the chorus, I was imagining what the harmony is going to sound like in my head. (gasps) That's exciting. (laughs) Uh, well, tell me about your band that you put together then. Yeah. So I listened to some more examples um, of Julian Welch and Brandy Carlisle and a lot of the other people that we mentioned. And uh, acoustic guitar, as we said, is very prominent. And there's two different styles of playing the acoustic guitar. So I'm going to play you examples of both of those. One style is called finger picking. Okay. And that's when you play individual notes in a repeated pattern and sort of break up a chord. And that sounds like this. And then there is strumming, which is when you're actually strumming all of the strings or multiple strings at once, forming chords. And that sounds like this. So usually in a song like these, these sort of ballady Americana songs, You get a lot of finger picking in the verses uh, to kind of like set things up and like get the ball rolling, get the energy started. And then the strumming joins in in the choruses to sort of like give it more of a groove. Right. So it's like a more like it's a quieter way to kind of start the song and accompany the singer and then easing in. Yeah. Got it. So we're going to do that same thing. We're going to have finger picking acoustic guitar in the verse and then the strumming will join in the chorus. I'm also going to be adding some upright bass Mm. uh, underneath just to give it a little bit of a foundation. What does Uh, that sound like? The upright bass, uh, which is like the big one. (laughs) Oh, it's the big one. (laughs) Yeah, you know, being (laughs) plucked sounds like this. And then I'm going to have a higher layer of mandolin over top. And mandolin is often used uh, because it has a similar texture to guitar, meaning it's a strummed, stringed instrument, Mm -hmm. but it's got a higher range uh, and you can play melodic lines on it easily because, did you know this, that the mandolin is tuned to the exact same strings as a violin? No, I had no idea. So when violin players, like fiddle players, uh, switch to mandolin, it's very easy for them because it's the exact same tuning and the exact same like order of the strings. Oh. Yeah. So to me, kind of, uh-huh. mandolins and banjos sound similar. Sure. Like they're higher pitch. They tend to be like tinnier sounding. Yep. 
higher pitch hollow body instruments so why use a mandolin instead of a banjo which feels like banjo feels very american to me right banjo uh does have that kind of thinner tinnier sound to it it's also tuned more closely to a guitar than to what a violin would be Mm. um and it's got single strings that you either strum or pluck whereas a mandolin has two strings for each note that it's tuned to so instead of just like the four strings on a violin it has eight strings but like two of them are G, two of them are D, two of them are A, two of them are E. Oh. And that gives that, that more of like a ringy sound. Yeah. So, I had no idea. Yeah. I mean, the the reason why you would use one or the other, there are, you know, a million reasons for that. Yeah, but sure. I'm going with mandolin just because I think it has sort of a, a calmer, sweeter sound than banjo, especially for a song that's in the realm of a ballad. Makes sense. Yeah. And then I am using a little percussion. I'm using some shaker to, again, start softly into a beat uh, and then adding a simple drum pattern later on. So here's what the shaker and drums are going to sound like. And then vocally, like I said, we're going to have some harmony in the chorus, and that's going to be both you and me Great. Uh, adding harmonies uh, underneath your lead vocal. Sounds good. I'm excited. Me too. Let's get to... Let's let's get to, to, to strumming. <laughs> I don't know what's a good like rallying cry for Americana music. Let's get to strumming. Is that what you're going to say? That was what I was trying to say, but then it kind of came out bad. Um, U.S. play, U.S. play. <laughs> oh, I hate you. <laughs> Goodbye. Let's let's record. We need a title. Oh yeah, we do. Uh, I think the most obvious one is Scream Wilhelm Scream. <laughs> yes. Uh, but I don't know. Is there anything else that uh, stuck out to you in the lyrics? Not really. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Here is Scream Wilhelm Scream. An Americana song. About the Wilhelm Scream. By Shannon and Scott. Crying out into the sun-baked western day. Falling down or getting shot is what it conveys. Something so familiar could never sound peculiar. Though once you've heard the call, you'll start to hear them all. It's a cry in the night when you're shot in the dark. It's the sound of a mortal wound It's a shout in the scene Of a cinematic dream So scream, Wilhelm, scream scream. Riding bound Take an arrow to the thigh and fall Drowning down With your leg It's a cry in the night 
What a peaceful song. To a point. <laughs> well, with the, except the screams. Yeah, until until all the screaming came in. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, when you watch that compilation video of all the Wilhelm screams, and like I said, we'll tweet that out, and maybe we'll stick it in our episode description, too. Stick it in there. Stick it right in. Uh, you really... Like they, it sounds so repetitive and it sounds so heavy handed. <laughs> it does because you're listening for it. But I'm yeah. sure that if if you hadn't pointed it out to me, I wouldn't have noticed it in any of those scenes. No, you just think like, oh yeah, someone's getting shot, so they're screaming. Yeah, it becomes really part of the background. But once your ear is tuned for it, I apologize to everyone that listens to this podcast because now you're going to be listening for it in everything you watch. Yep, and it's funny because. It, it also mentioned on Wikipedia that it's become sort of a pop culture reference slash like in joke yeah. for people that make these movies and cartoons and things like, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we used the Wilhelm scream here as like a little Easter egg yeah, or a little nod to classic Westerns and things like that. Yeah. So, and like if you're in the know, you right. pick up on it. And if you don't, it fades into the background. Yeah. You go up to Steven Spielberg and you're like, nice Wilhelm scream, bro. <laughs> and he's like, thanks for noticing. Yeah, I'm sure Steven Spielberg really cares what you think about his Wilhelm screams. Yeah, I think with all the um, the close harmony, too, mm. that felt very much not so much like Jillian Welch or uh, Alison Krauss or Nico Case necessarily, who are, are a little more like solo driven, but definitely sure. Brandy Carlisle. Yeah, I had to throw that in there. Yeah, I think it filled it filled out the song in a nice way. Thanks. Brandy Carlisle performs with her brother-in-law and his twin brother. Weird. Yeah, it's very strange. Look at my identical backup singers. Yeah, it's really <laughs> bizarre. And like when you start to notice it, like at first they're just like playing guitar behind her. Yeah. And then you're like, are those guitarists the same? <laughs> and then she introduces them as her brother-in-law and his brother. And you're like, Wow, uh, this just got so much weirder. I bet their voices blend really well. I mean, they sound incredible. <laughs> they have this like razor thin harmony that they like going on together. Do you, do you think um, the future of music is clone bands? Clone bands. This is amazing. <laughs> okay. 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 Are we talking about cloning the same person over and over so you get the same sound or are we talking about bringing back famous singers <laughs> to clone them and recreate the sound of like like Freddie Mercury is right. he coming back my idea was initially just clone the same person multiple times to have like the best sounding blend of harmony possible in a super group but now that you bring up cloning deceased artists and forming a dead singer supergroup. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very on board. Oh, man. Clone bands. Hashtag clone bands. Who do you want to see? <laughs> yeah. Who's your who's your fantasy clone band? Fantasy clone bands. Okay. Oh, my God. This is great. Everyone get in the f 
Facebook group. Get in Song Salad Podcast, the produce section. Tell me who your fantasy clone band is. This is fantastic. And it can be from any era, too. Yeah. You could combine, like, oh, man. You could combine... Edith Piaf, <laughs> Michael Jackson, uh-huh. and Janis Joplin. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying you could. You could you do... Could. Janice Joplin. Yes. And Scott Joplin. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I guess you need some like instrumentalists to do in there. (laughs) Fine, fine. I love this. Yeah. What about like a duet series with Ella Fitzgerald and Aretha Franklin? Oh my goodness. Right? Yeah, face melting. Oh, I love it. Okay, send us your ideas. Hashtag clone bands. This is the best thing we've hit upon in this whole podcast. <laughs> really. And we have the technology. Sort of. Someone does. Uh, well, tell me this, though. Is the best harmony the same voice? Or is there something added whenever there are two different, like, timbres and cadences and stuff, like, kind of coming together in a really amazing way? It it depends a little bit. Um I think there is definitely an advantage to the same or the similar voice because of similarities in tone quality and texture and in delivery in terms of like how the frequencies vibrate and like how, you know, how strong someone's vibrato is, for instance, versus another person's. So when you hear like a really tight acapella group, they've all kind of started singing to match each other Mm. in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what makes it more interesting in the end is that you have these voices that sit in different places, meaning like a bass baritone whose voice naturally sits in a lower place versus a tenor whose voice naturally sits higher and they still blend their sound, but you get that diversity of range that keeps it interesting. So I think you'd have to have a clone band of either a very (laughs) versatile singer or like a 25 person partridge family. (laughs) Where it's multiple clones all singing together. (laughs) Can you imagine just like the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, but it's just members of the Partridge family cloned and they're all singing, I think I love you. Oh my (laughs) God. Well, I was thinking, you know, when we were talking about this, like voices blending or not, I was remembering um, the most recent revival of Porgy and Bess on Broadway. Yeah. um, Where... Porgy and Bess were respectively uh, Norm Lewis and Audra McDonald. Mm-hmm. And their voices, like, will it blend? No. <laughs> like, this is the, the answer to that question. Because Audra has this, like, incredible, operatic, pure, clear, big voice. Sure. And Norm Lewis has a wonderful voice, but it is absolutely more in this kind of musical theatery world. Okay. And... I don't know if you remember, but like when they sang together, she just like destroyed him. Sure. Like versus like ragtime with Audra and Brian Stokes Mitchell. Yeah. Who had more complimentary voices. Yeah. They I I think so. I don't know. Maybe that was just like my impression, but No, I think you're totally valid in that opinion. Yeah. It just he he was just like too casual a singer Mm. to be matched next to her. I get that a lot too. That's the only reason I haven't sung with Audrey McDonald. 
<laughs> You're just too cash. Too cash. Too cash for Audra. Too cash for Audra. Yeah. Oh, that was great. <laughs> well, if you like uh, songs like this <laughs> about weird things, you can check out our back catalog. 139 other episodes. Wow. Just like this one. <laughs> well, except they're not at all like this one because we've never done this combination before. And we never will again. True. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Song Salad Cast. You can uh, f- please join our Facebook group, the produce section. Um, and uh, if you would like to become a Patreon donor, go to patreon.com slash song salad. We also want to thank again our Patreon donors who suggested the topic and genres for this episode. That would be Gary Youngling and Biddy Henshaw. Yes. And thank you, JD, for the salad spinner sound. Yes. Just as a reminder, we will be taking next week off in observance of Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas. Mostly just because we're really busy and traveling. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, so we appreciate your patience there. But we will be back on New Year's Eve. Yes. So stay frosty and keep your podcatchers open because we'll have a really amazing guest spurt. Gabby Dunn. Guys, it's Gabby Dunn. It's Gabby Dunn. We're super, super, super excited um, to have her on the show. She's a fabulous writer and comedian and actress and uh, author. And she'll be talking about her new book and a whole bunch of other stuff. And she was just an absolute delight. So check that out on New Year's Eve. Yes. Thank you to everyone that came out to the live show. Yeah, we super appreciate you. Uh it was a lot of fun. We wrote a great song. We got the audience involved again, which was uh, uh, super convenient. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, and we'll be releasing that show sometime later in January. So you will get to hear it. Yes. Until next week. I'm Shannon. And I'm Scott. And together, we're... we're... Ah! One, two, three, My leg! Thank you.